Welcome to Motorsport Coaching, the podcast for racers with racers. Miss Motivate can help get you to the next level. Every episode, she talks to the best racers of today and those that can get you there. She'll help you get better. Racing new. At fitness, nutrition, sports psychology, sponsorship, social media, public relations, and media training. Connect with Miss Motivate at motivatetraining.com.au. That's M O T I V, the number eight, training.com.au. And now, to help get you to the next level, Miss Motivate herself, Belinda Risley. Hello, crew, and welcome to episode 139 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley, and this week I've got something a little bit different for all you guys. Over the last two weeks, I've interviewed Cody Mackay from Cody Mackay Motorsports, who's a motorsport athlete and small business owner. And we had a chat around about how he goes seeking sponsorship, and he also gives us some great networking tips. So that will be the second interview for today. And the first one would be, I caught up with my good friend, Damon Hill from The Sponsorship Expert. And he talks to us about his role as a sponsorship broker and when to engage in his services and all the wonderful things that he does over at The Sponsorship Expert. I hope you enjoyed this week's quick episode. Um, Don't forget the doors are now open for the winning sponsorship course. So if you're looking to develop your knowledge around sponsorship, please make sure you check that out over at motivatetraining.com.au forward slash winning. That link will be in today's show notes as well as Damon's details and Cody's details. They've also been previous guests on the podcast. So I'll also link to their previous episodes so you get to know a little bit more about them. And if you didn't know, team, there's actually four great ways that you can work with me personally. So if you are looking to um, develop more uh, fast <laughs> your sponsorship strategy, um, please get in contact with us. We do have those coaching packages available. All right, until next week, team, have a fantastic week. Um, don't forget this week's tip is don't forget to contact your race commentator prior to your race weekend and give them a bio on you, what's been happening since last time you raced and all your socials so they can promote you or hopefully even give you an interview. Until next week team, let's listen to Damon. Hello crew, welcome to my chat with Damon Hill from the Signature Series Group. Hello Damon. Hey, how you going? <laughs> yes, it's good to talk Damon. <laughs> he was waiting. <laughs> I'm a quiet type of guy, what can I say? joining me today to talk all things sponsorship which we love here at motivate training yeah no it's great i mean uh obviously um you know it's such an important part of uh of the sport we're all involved in and um yeah it's my passion too obviously uh you know the the business side of the sport um is very exciting and um it's it's just uh, an interesting part of you know business to be in so for those who haven't met you before, can you tell us a little bit about you? Who you are? What a yeah, great sure. So um, I've been doing sponsorship for about... Don't give your age. Yeah, I didn't want to give away too much. About 16 years um, now. So I come from a motorsport background. Um, I've had the opportunity to work around the, around the world um, in various guises with different companies and teams and uh, in different series. And then um, in 
2008, I think I, um, I started my, this business, Signature Series Group, and um, we started doing um, sponsorship, uh, predominantly for V8 supercars and, and their teams and stuff. Yeah, so the last time I chatted to you, um, was in 2018, um, I had you on as a guest for the Most Sport Coaching Podcast. It was number episode 25. Like, that was so long ago. It was a long time ago, wasn't it? We've done a whole COVID thing since then and all sorts of fun stuff. So, um, yeah, no, time, time flies and um, that, was, uh, that, was, that was good fun. And we'll try and give, uh, give all the listeners, um, you know, lots of good information today about, uh, about sponsorship again. Awesome. Thank you. So uh, we do kind of like work together um for those that don't know like i don't actually seek sponsorship for sponsors so i'm not a broker i just pretty much give you the education the tools resources on how to go get it but you mr hill do so or can you tell us a little bit more about what you actually do day to day within sponsorship yeah absolutely i think um you know the role of a broker um is has changed significantly perhaps from what people think it is you know I think I think a lot of people still think it's just a person that goes out and sort of hustles a deal um, which I suppose fundamentally that is the output of a broker but I feel like a broker's role now well I know certainly from my perspective and and you know when I work with my clients it's also very much um, about bringing them along on the journey and sort of educating them if you like in the processes that we're, we're undertaking for them, um, why we do what we do, and, you know, also being there to be able for them to bounce questions off. I like, I personally like to be able to have them heavily involved because I feel like that the rights holder um, ultimately most, uh, most companies um, that are looking to sponsor they really want to talk to the rights holder, you know. So it's one thing to open the door, but then, you know, you, you kind of need to bring in the rights holder. So um, having them involved literally from the very start of the process and I guess, you know, walking, walking them through the way that we do that process and what the expectations would be um, from our side and how we would utilise them, um, you know, is very much... Um, you know, it, it's quite far away from sort of that concept of, oh, okay, yep, that's what you've got. I'll go out and sell it and I'll come back to you with a bag of money type um, type concept. So, um, yeah, that's how we, you know, we, we work with our, with our clients for sure. Cool. I'm just going to go back one step because I know we know what the rights holders are, but for someone who's just getting started with motorsport sponsorship, what exactly is a rights holder? So, yeah, a rights holder is obviously somebody that's seeking sponsorship. So somebody that's out there that has an asset um, in our sport, Me. obviously motorsport, you know, cars, teams, so on and so forth, um, they're rights holders. So, so, you know, meaning that you have an asset that you can control and sell parts thereof to, um, to a sponsor, um, you know, for a you know, mutually agreed amount of money. Fantastic, thanks. And as you mentioned, we've had COVID, such a wonderful thing. Have, how have you found the um, sponsorship industry to be? Because not only work within motorsports now, you've kind of branched out um, and you're looking uh, working across a garment of different industries. So how's it been across the board? 
Um, look, I mean, COVID definitely, you know, put the brakes on um, in a lot of ways for sponsorship. I think, you know, I think people that had sponsorships in place um, were able to still negotiate, you know, like that felt like that didn't really slow down the sort of, you know, if it was a renegotiation of contracts or those types of um, situations stayed fairly buoyant, you know, um, but I think a lot of the, the companies that weren't involved that you might go to with a, you know, with a new offer were, became just very careful and, 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 you know, I won't say gun shy, it's not the right word, but were very careful and cautious and in most cases just decided that um, it was better to hold off. Now I'm talking, I'm talking your mid-sized companies um, you know, not your big multinationals that, you know, have big, big plans in place um, and are able to sort of keep driving through a situation like COVID. Um, but, you know, your mid to your smaller um, size businesses uh, really, you know, obviously erred on the side of caution just because we were also, you know, sort of unaware, especially down, I'm in Melbourne and, and you know, particularly down here in Melbourne, with the lockdown and so on and so forth, Melbourne companies were, were, were you know, were very, very reticent to perhaps, um, you know, sign new deals until they, you know, had a, had a better understanding of where the lay of the land was with COVID and what it was going to mean and how long it was going to go on for. Yeah, so do you feel like it's on the uptrend or do you think people are still being a little bit cautious about investing in motorsport marketing? I think it's definitely definitely on the uptrend. Um, I don't I don't believe that you know in motorsport marketing um, in particular that th that has changed. Um, you know, so they've come out of COVID, so there's more people prepared to have a meeting and and listen to what you have to offer. Um, and then I think really for motorsport marketing, it's it's about you know, finding those points of relevance uh, for companies, um, which, you know, I often, when I speak to people, when I speak to rights holders, people looking for sponsorship um, in motorsport, and not just motorsport, but in motorsport, I think they, the biggest struggle is trying to get your head around what do we offer? You know, like what, you know, like it, sponsorship has evolved so quickly and, you know, measurement and, and all these types of things that companies are now savvy and smart about um, that trying to make your asset relevant uh, into these different industry sectors, you know, because you're not all going to just go to motoring uh, related businesses um, is really where um, the, the challenge still lays. Um, but as far as, you know, people open to, to, to motorsport and and considering it as a possible vessel to, you know, get their message, achieve their objectives, you know, all those types of things. Um, I definitely think it's still an exciting platform that, you know, people are interested in, in using. It's just how you introduce your opportunity to them. Yeah, and since COVID or the last five years since we kind of officially caught up, uh, obviously, there's a lot more businesses that are going around, um, not in Australia, but across the world. With COVID, a lot of um, businesses have flourished, new ones have been established. Uh, do you think that there's been more or kind of like less opportunities or I should say um, the actual business owners, do you think they're looking for different marketing avenues? Obviously, social media is right up their um, cost, like with the costs and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, the biggest challenge we come up against is understand, you know, companies, especially mid to smaller size companies, understanding why you would choose sponsorship over, you know, a digital marketing package or something like that. So really, you know, getting, realising that, hey, you know, sponsorship gives us something that nothing else, uh, no other marketing platform can, and that is that ability to, um, I guess, have a shared passion with who that with their audience is and and make that connection through a shared passion. So, um, again, you know, like part of my role will quite often be if first you have to get in the door, but then it's actually having that conversation with um, with a lot of these decision makers in, in these companies to just make sure that they, you know, they clearly understand, you know, what the benefit is and they're not just trying to price match on like for like because it's not like for like. There is just so much more or in different value proposition that comes out of a sponsorship that does from any of the digital, you know, the digital format. So, um Again, that's, you know, like you've got the education from the rights holder in how to, how to you know, wrap something up and look into what a potential company they might be approaching. And then you've got the education in, in the companies because you can't just assume that they understand sponsorship because it really is a, unique. <laughs> yeah, it's unique um, and it's a, it's a very sort of specialist field. And, and to get it right, you know, to, for a company to really be able to leverage a sponsorship and and get all the opportunities out of it, um, quite often they'll need a bit of guidance if they don't have that department inside, you know, inside the company, which, you know, again, the mid to small size normally don't. Um, and that's, that's, you know, part of our challenge too because we have to help them uh, execute, you know, what we're actually trying to sell them as well. Yes, because they don't cover this off at business school, do they? <laughs> when they no. get their ABN and open up their business, there's no module around about investing in athletes or investing in sponsorship. No, no, there's not, you know. And, I mean, there's still, you know, there's still a, a, an element of, of, of passion, I think, that's involved in the decision-making process of, of sponsorship. I, you know, I just sponsorship doesn't, wouldn't exist without passion you know, because it is that environment, you know, it doesn't matter what, the, you know, particularly in sports or, or um, you know, even other platforms, it's that like-mindedness, that passion between the people doing it, the audiences, and then so the, the potential company you're going to has to sort of feel a bit of that passion and, and, and really, you know, see how they can tap into it. And, and that's, the, that's the key. So, you know, although, you know, it's, it's nothing like the percentage it used to be because everybody needs to really quantify everything so carefully um, these days. There's certainly, you wouldn't have people making sponsorship decisions if they weren't passionate about the idea and the concept of the output of what this sponsorship could do up and above just numbers on paper. Hmm. And so you have worked on the other side where you've worked with companies that have sponsored athletes. So can you give us some insights to what they're looking for, maybe even just within a proposal or in a marketing benefit? Yeah, absolutely. yeah, I can. Um, Great, thanks. <laughs> that's right. It'll, it'll, cost you, it'll cost you all out there and you'll have to pay for it. But uh, <laughs> uh, look, I mean, some of the basic, you know, some of the basic things that, that you know, I could, I guess I can share to a, 
to a rights, you know, potential people looking for sponsorship rights holders out there is, you know, the need obviously to just turn upside down. I mean, you know what you've got, right? So you write that list down, you know, here's all the things that I've got to offer. And then you've sort of got to push that aside and really start that whole new list to say, okay, what, you know, what industries or companies do I think are, are going to have, um, are going to see a relevance, you know, or can I, can I create some type of relevance to that I could, you know, write to them about or talk to them about and they would understand it. Um, so that identification process is really, really important first up um, to, to get your industry sectors right. And then in the actual, I guess, body of your um, sponsorship proposal, one of the, you know, there's a couple of couple of little things uh, in there that most people forget about. They'll never, you know, they never seem to put in what their media plan is. So they haven't thought out how they're going to generate that marketing value themselves, you know, yeah. you know, can't just be put down to, well, dumb luck, you know, I happened to be on TV last, last week because, you know, whatever, I was winning or I crashed or, you know, whatever, whatever it was. So companies look for, they're trying to narrow down the risk portfolio. So, they, so, you know, being able to provide them and say, okay, here's things that we plan on doing. You don't even have to have them all locked in, but if you've got an idea and a concept as to how you're going to market yourself throughout the season, um, you want to add that sort of marketing um, and media aspect into your proposal for sure. I think the other, um, the other really big thing is being able to paint the picture for that particular sponsor that, you know, you're talking to. Um, and, and that's really about uh, creating scenarios. And then, you know, I'm not talking page-long, um, you know, written scenarios. I'm talking short little snapshots of, hey, we could be doing this. You know, and and so you've sort of put a bit of thought into uh, what that company might be looking for. You know, so you do your research, but and then from that research on on that company, then you say, right, these are their objectives, and then you create some little scenario so they can get that visual in their head of, oh wow, we could do that because you know they don't, you know, ninety nine percent of the time they don't understand the motorsport world, they don't understand what you can and can't do, and and you know uh, the sort of lay of the land, so creating these little two or three potential scenarios that might ring true with them because you've actually looked into what the objectives are uh, would would really, you know, is really helpful because it, it gets their brain, you know, just thinking and, and they start to see themselves, you know, potentially in that type of spot. So it gives you something to talk about. And plus it makes you look uh, professional, you know, yes. because you've taken the time to, to actually look into this company you've come, you're coming to and said, well, okay, what is it they want to, you know, they want to look at? And I mean, if you can just show those couple of things in, in your, you know, sponsorship proposal, uh, you know, I'll guarantee you that you absolutely get, you know, calls back and, and, you know, the opportunity to, to sit in front of people because, you know, you've already shown them that, you know, you're serious and, and, you know, you're serious about their, them achieving their objectives and you're half a smart person, you know, because you've, um, you know, you've put that pen to paper and taken some time. So they'll give you time in return to come and, and have a bit more of a chat. I like it. I like it a lot. 
Thanks for that, Tim. Um, <laughs> um, so before we wrap up, so I thank you again for your time, but do you have anything else that you'd like to share with the team regarding your services, how they can get in contact with you, um, sponsorship in general? Yeah, um, look, I mean, you know, I would extend that, you know, I'm always happy to um, to chat, you know, chat with people. Um, you know, we can't we can't help everybody. Unfortunately, there's only so many hours and stuff in the day and, and sometimes it just doesn't make mathematical sense. But I'm always happy to talk to people. So if anybody wants to go to the, uh, you know, go to our website, which is sponsorshipexperts.com.au, um, my number's there, my email's there, all that sort of stuff. So don't hesitate to, to reach out. But I think, um, look, just as a, a final piece, I would say to people, you know, do do your research. Slow down at, at the process of sponsorship. It's not about um, quantity. It's about quality. Uh, and if you actually implement the steps of identifying the industries and the businesses and then take a bit of extra time to do some research and, and you know, put together just a slightly tailored version of your, your um, sponsorship introduction to them, you'll find you have a lot more success. And it'll be frustrating because you'll just think, oh, I've only got out two this week and, and, you know, I wanted to have out ten. But I promise you that if you've done your initial stuff right, the two that you've got out will be going to the right sort of company uh, and the right person within that company and you've, put your best foot forward and you've given yourself a really good chance to get a hearing. So, um, you know, stick with, stick with the principles uh, and philosophies um, and yeah, good luck. Good luck. Thanking you. Uh, I'd like to reiterate that everything kind of Dame's gone through is what I'm presenting this week in our live webinars, the top mistakes motorsport athletes see, uh, make when seeking sponsorship. So the next one is on Wednesday the 8th of March at 7pm and on Saturday the 9th at 9am. So if you'd like to catch those free webinars to hear some tips or not on what, what to do, then please come along. But I've just added Damon's uh, website there for more information, how you connect with him. Damon, thank you very much for your time today. Always a pleasure. Love chatting. And, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's get doing some proper sponsorship, guys. Yeah, and I'll get you back onto the podcast again and we'll do a full episode about the wonderful world of sponsorship soon. Awesome. I look forward to it. It'll be great. Thanks, Damon. All right. See you later. Thanks. Fantastic. Hello. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And yourself? Living the dream. Just living the absolute dream. Okay. So. <laughs> of course. So thank you for joining us today. Um, I'm okay. going to and I've mentioned about how you'll be joining us with Inside the Winning Sponsorship course um, as a bonus that you'll get a free session with yourself. And that yeah. today you're going to talk about your highs and lows of your sponsorship journey. Um, I mentioned that you're a motorsport athlete, but more importantly that you're a small business owner as well and your relationship with sponsorship. And, and again, um, you've said and you haven't. So just tell us a little bit about yourself and your motorsport career. Yes. So um, my uh, well, my sponsorship side of it, I don't know if everyone knows my racing story and everything like that from there. Um, but motorsport story, you know, I race in the Aussie Racing Cars, um, which is the main series we run in. We've been running in there since about 
2019 um, and going okay with that, um, which has been successful on that front. But in, in that self, it is a business in itself on how we obtain sponsors and keep them on and keep them interested and all that type of stuff from there as well. We've definitely had some highs um, in the sponsorship. You know, we've had those golden gooses that just help us get other sponsors and other sponsors and it just runs and runs and they're real low maintenance and go from there. We've also had some terrible terrible sponsors <laughs> and trying to achieve them as well you know that the people that really break your back over you know fifty dollars worth of sponsorship type thing so to say where well you know the whole team is affluent in all areas of the sponsorship realm of things um i would say yes yes we are um don't get me wrong even at the bigger levels it is still a challenge um there's challenges in all ways and shapes and forms but i'm glad that you know i can team up with motivate and help out other people where need be as well um to try and give them that leg up that i didn't have um which made you know my journey a lot longer with platforms like yours you know it's it's teaching you the secrets that i had to learn first and foremost you know by just being on the ground so um yeah that's what i'm happy to help out hi beck welcome to the live um, now, Cody, when you started racing, how did you get started with sponsorship? So did you start, first of all, in um, our, um, Aussie race cars or did you start somewhere else? And, and basically what step when it um, came to yeah. um, getting sponsorship? Yeah, so my sponsorship journey actually started when I was go-karting. Um, so we were able to discover what it was like um, trying to achieve, uh, again, sponsors and everything at a real, real low level. Um, say, you know, the local go-karting championship or when the Australian Car Championship had come to town in Newcastle, that's when we kind of got sponsors there. And we found that... Um, that level was quite achievable and, and good on that realm. Well, we're able to take a lot from what we learned at the original go-karting side and help us grow our sponsorship from there and there on and, and really continue from there. Um, so, yeah, going back to what you are saying, you know, it, it really did start at early, early age. It really started when I first started racing go-karts. So, um, meaning that, you know, no matter what level you are at, you can still achieve sponsorship. It's just the matter of the level in what you might achieve. Do you remember who the sponsor was? Yeah, so the first, I think my first major sponsor, actually, um, this is probably a pretty funny story. My first ever sponsor is actually competing against me in the Aussie racing cars. So as it goes around in full circles, um, from knowing a person, knowing a person, I had a good relationship with a, um, a friend of ours, which we've, um, we did some charity stuff and that together. Um, he owns a big busing company up, um, up Musclebrook Way, so up um, into the Hunter Valley region. And he sent me my first ever personally signed check of $200 um, to put stickers on the cars. And, and just, he said, look, I just want to support you and buy your set of tyres for your biggest races. Um, there, there you go. And we did whatever we could to get onto there. So um, that, I still remember that clearly. He sent me a letter and a, and a check. And um, yeah, it's just funny now that I had to remind him the other day. I said, oh, I remember you were my first ever sponsor. And he goes, oh, really? You know, don't pump me off the track then. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, um, yeah. And that was a really, really good way to get started. Um, so you do have a lot on your plate. As mentioned, you're a small business owner as well as an athlete. So how much time each week do you delegate to sponsorship seeking? Yeah, so 
So it is difficult being a small business owner. Um, you know, I'm constantly cutting my time between the race team and running my mechanical workshop, which both do take a fair bit of time. Um, you know, leading up into a race season like we are at the moment, we've got the Newcastle 500 next week. Um, that's, you know, you kind of double down. You, you're working on more of that than you are in the business. Sometimes you can spend, you know, weeks on end, you know, eight to 10 hour days chasing sponsors. Um, other times, you know, you can go the other way where, you know, if you get your sponsors all sorted out, you might spend a couple of hours a week, you know, taking care of them and all that type of stuff. It usually does depend on the agreements that we have got with our sponsors. Um, some sponsors want more, some sponsors want less. Um, you know, you have that personal approach and uh, thing with them as well. Um, but it usually does lead up a lot more time around the um, when the race meetings are coming on because that's when we're promoting more. That's when we're active. Um, you know, um, we're not usually active between the race meets and stuff like that. So that's where, you know, we'll push from there. So it does vary. Um, you know, I say if dedicate as much time as you possibly can to it. Um, every, you know, afternoon, every hour or something like that where you've got free, you know, this isn't time to be sitting on the lounge. This is time to be actively trying to get that sponsorship through uh, and trying to partner with companies to get you racing on the track. And hi, everyone that's joining us. We're interfering with COVID today and talking about um, sponsorships, highs and lows from an actual motorsport athlete. If you do have any questions, please pop it in. Um, hey, Ben, Ben's just written, good livery designer helps too. Yes. Yeah. I'll put a shout out to Ben. He is, <laughs> if you see all of my liveries on all my cars, he's the go-to guy. So, um, you know, that's probably one thing we can nearly touch on with um, Ben in here, teaming up with the right people to um, have your liveries, have your posters and have everything active so that when a sponsor does come to you, you've got to make sure that you can deliver the product. Um, because a lot of people I have seen, they've gone, oh, we've got to the stage, we've got $5,000 to go racing, you know, we're, we're over the moon. And then they go, oh, geez, Who's going to print our posters? Who's going to do our marketing? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Who's going to film our videos? And they spend the next week rushing things through to um, to try and get it up and going. So that's where, um, you know, going back to Ben, and he's my livery designer, and I don't care what I say, but he's not getting away from me anytime soon. So, <laughs> so he's that good at what he does. Um, but, yeah, having the right team underneath you for those um, sponsorship acquisitions is um, is a must. Yeah. And one thing I love about you, uh, Cody, is that you are awesome at networking. Um, do you have some tips about networking? Yeah, the, the best thing I can really um, put out there when I see a lot of young drivers coming up through the ranks, um, you know, I even had it this morning. I, I work with a, um, a personal training coach for my fitness in my racing type thing, which we you know is another part of what you do and very, very important on that sense. And I had a couple of kids come in training with the same coach as me. They were, you know, coming up the ranks through um, soccer. But the thing was, you never heard a word out of them the whole time they were there. They, so they hardly said anything. They got in, they got their job done and got out. And that's not the right way of doing things. What you really want to be doing is talking, taking every opportunity to be talking and networking. If there's a party on that you might know of someone or there's people there that you don't know, get out there and start talking to them. Tell them what you do, you know, tell them you're a race driver, tell them what your dreams and aspirations are because that's interesting, it's sexy. I always say, you know, I'll lead with um, when talking to uh, 
when talking to people I want to impress, I'll say I'm a motor racer. But if I'm talking to people I don't want to impress, I'll say I'm a mechanic. You know, you can twist it and move it and shake it however many times. But really being out there and active, shaking hands, kissing babies, that type of thing, make every excuse to go out. You know, if it's got to be to somewhere where you feel a bit awkward, get out of your space, introduce yourself to people, learn to talk. The more you talk, the more people are going to relate to you and the better you're going to build that relationship and the more likely you'll get that sponsorship across the line. Um, and now, so you've been on this sponsorship journey for a very long um, period of time. Um, <laughs> and as a business owner, you're quite restrictive. So you have now engaged with an assist with your sponsorship mm -hmm. and the activation at the tracks. Can you tell us a little bit about why you did that and what are the benefits of um, engaging agencies? Yeah, so the one thing that we find, or my my schedule, I'm pretty much working seven days a week. Um, you know, if there's not something to do at the business, there's something to do at on the race team and everything like that. And you know what motor racing's like, you don't get a day off. It's weekend work as much as it's day work. The main problem we found that when we're trying to get to bigger companies, so we're at a stage now where we're talking to international companies and national companies. They're companies that have, you know, maybe three, four, five hundred to a thousand people that work for them. So that's a, a huge, huge company. And we needed a really, really good team to be behind just to go in with that because it's all good and, and well to have, you know, your, your paperwork and your portfolios and all that type of stuff with them as well. But you can't do everything. Um, you need a team that's going to do an activation and an event for these sponsors, especially the, the events that we're competing at as well. Um, you know, we need to make sure that we can try and get some return of investment on their um, on their products because, you know, these people are putting money towards our cars, but they're looking at selling. If they're going handing around $10,000, $20,000, $50,000 checks at a time and not getting anything out of it and can't see a return, the sponsorship falls away straight away. So whilst we got... Um, you're kind of coming back to what we said about having the right team underneath you. It was more of a case of we wanted more of an impression professional approach when we stepped into a boardroom that's what we did we feel we like i can manage the smaller businesses you know like under 20 to 30 people or 40 people um you know might be five to ten million dollars um uh, turnover that these businesses can handle that's you know considered a small business but when we're looking above that that's when you really need to be walking into boardrooms with a team of people around you ready to ask all questions if any awesome and so just before we wrap up, Cody, um, what is that with sponsorship? Sorry, you just cut out a little bit there. Sorry, um, before we wrap up, what are some tips you've got uh, for those just starting out in sponsorship to get started? Yes. So um, just starting out, it's it, it depends on the levels and stuff like that you are. It, it is not a simple question in a sense, but it's... It's coming down to networking. Make sure you're networking and telling as many people as possible what you are doing and, you know, what you're looking at to, what you're achieving and all that type of stuff. That's going to get you more connections that you can have, have and talk to about these people with. You know, the person that sits and shuts himself into a room um, is never going to get any sponsorship because you're not marketable and you're not sexy, um, you know, which it comes down to. Um, other than that, it's probably... Like, I don't mind saying it and, you know, sometimes you have to learn your own mistakes a little bit so you know not to repeat them. Yeah. I know it's, um, I'm even one person that does that as well. If someone will tell me don't do it 
And unless they can give me a really, really good reason, I need to find out exactly why I shouldn't do it type thing. You know, we can go trying to go back to setup of a car. Um, You know, people go, oh, I'll never put that setup in a car again because the last time I tried it, it was really bad. But what were the track conditions like? What What was the tires like? What was this? What was that? There's so many variables in it that you had to learn. But then by learning that in the future, you might actually go back to that setup and go, oh, wow, in this situation, I found that worked. So you're trying it. So by getting out there and maybe making a couple of mistakes isn't really going to hurt you because you're going to learn from it. And then when you go to the next person, you know either not to repeat it or to try and change the things up a little bit. So make mistakes and networking. That's probably the best thing I can give. (laughs) Fantastic. Get ready for the race. Do you feel one step closer to being the next superstar behind the wheel? MotivateTraining.com.au for more. M-O-T-I-V, the number eight, training.com.au. The green flag. Every episode gets you one step closer to the checkered flag. The Motorsport Coaching Podcast, getting you to the checkered flag faster.